This is the Māori Millionaire Disclaimer. For your information, this is not investing advice and it should not be taken as such. This is all general education for just general purposes. I'm here to help share my experiences and educate you guys as much as I can, but it is not financial advice, so please do not take it as such. Ngā mihi. Welcome back to a new podcast episode. Today I am interviewing Cassidy Skelton. Cassidy is an awesome human. She posts all about mental health on her TikTok page where she has over 40,000 TikTok followers. Cassidy has been awesome for Aotearoa in the mental health chat and being able to normalise it. I myself have mental health challenges and I know so many other people in New Zealand also do. It's so important that we're able to have these corridor and normalise them so that we can reduce the stigma, something that Cassidy has done in an amazing way. I'm so excited today to bring her onto the show because she has some awesome wisdom that I think the audience today will benefit from. So without further ado, let's get on to today's podcast episode. I am so excited for it. If you have any feedback or any comments about today's episode, then please send me a message or email me tekahukura at maorimillionaire.com. I would love to hear your whakaro. Let's get on to today's episode. Kia ora Cass. So I'm so excited to do this episode with you. I've been following your journey for a long time. I really, really love your TikTok videos. Like still now I it's so weird when you actually get to meet someone and you actually get to like talk with them they're not just like someone I just watched on on TikTok before now I actually talk to you but it's like I still find so much value in your videos I'm like oh can't wait till I have my little baby and I can go back and watch your your tips on being a mum so congratulations on Little Nugget and I'm so excited to have you here my first question for you is, why did you actually start your career in social media? And what will, what brought you into this? Like, it's not a, a traditional thing. Like, I want to grow up and be a TikToker. Well, actually, I used to think that. But at, why, why did you start? <laughs> um, it was actually, so I was working in PR, which is like public relations. And um, I did all the social media. I was doing lots of social media outreach, like creating lists of influencers and looking at influencers statistics and looking at like the brands that were wanting to work with them and the amount of money that they were paying. And like, it just made me realize like how much influence influencers have, like, which I hadn't just never really thought about, like really logically. Um, And I was really passionate about mental health. I had been studying counseling and I really wanted more people to talk about it in like a more constructive way. I feel like the conversation around mental health had been massively like, there's a problem, like, oh, we're all sad, like, we're all struggling here, like, but nobody had been like, this is what you need to, what do you think, Nai? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> um, but nobody had really been like, okay, well, this is what I do. Like, when I'm feeling like this, I do this. When I... And feeling like this, I do this, like actually like leading from within. Do you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. So I just wanted like a way to like share information in like a fun, relatable way that was like not super preachy. So I was like, well, if I like become an influencer, people will listen to me because I'm an influencer and then I can talk about mental health. So <laughs> it was kind of like a weird becoming like a full on influencer was like a byproduct of what I wanted which was to just like start a conversation a more constructive conversation around mental health I think 
Mm, I feel like that's quite similar to me. Like I initially, like I didn't dream of being an influencer. That wasn't my goal. And I didn't even, I don't even, I don't know. I find the word so like scary because it's like people will take, oh, people will take what they want from whoever they want. And um, people have the opportunity to go like, okay, yeah, I can agree with that, but I don't agree with that. And I initially wanted to, you know, get started making TikToks and stuff from that same view of being able to just demystify talking about money and it being such an important aspect of our lives, just like mental health is, um, but that it was so difficult to have those conversations like openly, um, but also from a different perspective, mm. the face of representation around it, like there are already a lot of, you know, people talking about mental health, but um can we relate to them? How relatable are they? And I think that's a key thing about being an influencer. How have you found your career so far in social media? I've like loved it to be honest. Like I think it's been really cool. And um, this is so real life, mum. Like, hey honey. Yeah, you you're so tired. He's like falling asleep, but he's like, I don't want to go to sleep. Are we doing something? Um my experience with it so far has been really cool like it's been really positive I think the best thing is like when you are on the internet you're clearly got like a reason to be there like all I do is talk about mental health and then I do a little bit of lifestyle but everybody knows that my whole like goal and focus is to like normalize those big feelings chats like Mm. share resources those kinds of things and because of that it's been a really positive experience like I've really enjoyed it and I think it's really cool being an influencer in Aotearoa, New Zealand, because, like, the community of influencers is so cool. Like, I haven't had a bad experience with anybody. Like, everybody's lovely. Um, And everybody is quite genuine. Like, what you see online is what they are like in person, which I love. Like, it's such a genuine experience. And it's still so new. So the community of influencers is so small. So it's so, it's really cool to be a part of, I think, something like this. Awesome. And on that note, what's your highlight been? Honestly, my highlight's probably been like getting gifted lots of products from small New Zealand businesses and then being able to talk to the owners. Like that's such a cool thing to like hear about somebody's passion project and then tell me why they started their business and why like the product is important. Like that's so, it just feels like such an honor to be a part of somebody's journey and then be able to promote it to your, like my audience. I think one of my favorite things was when I was really new, like a fresh, fresh influencer, I got reached out by a really, like she was 17. Her name's Taylor. She owns Better Butter, which is that loaded peanut butter. Oh, And she was like, literally like nobody knew about her. I was one of her first send outs and I got it and I loved the product. Like it was just the coolest thing, loaded peanut butter. You can't go wrong. And I shared it and like her sales went through the roof and she messaged me. She was like, oh my God, Cass, like this is so cool. Like, thank you so much. And like knowing that you can do that to your for your audience, like one, like it was cool everybody buying the product and enjoying it. But then it was cool talking to Taylor who had just started this business and then being part of that story for her, which was really special. That's so cool. And I was actually I was talking to one of my friends who actually owns a business and she knew that, you know, she could send out packages to influencers and that could work but she wanted to go down like a different route and she wanted to build like real connections with these people and so she hasn't sent out many to many influencers but she did to one and this person actually followed her on social media so she was like already part of her little community and then she sent her a um a free package 
and she posted it on her story and then last night she was like, oh my gosh, like I've like sold like I've sold so many since posting that. But it just shows how like real those impacts are for businesses and how much it actually like impacts them. Like, you know, that is the story that changes something from a side hustle to like their full-time gig, which is so cool. And I'm so happy that you're able to be part of that journey for so many different businesses and people. I know that it's often glamorized this social media world, but are there any lowlights? What has been your lowlight for this? It's just hard, like everybody wanting to know your business and obviously, and everybody thinking because that you gave them certain parts of your life story that they deserve all of it. I think that's really hard. Like, especially like, especially like you go through things like usually like if somebody stops featuring on my page it's not something that I am enjoying like it's not something that I'm going through that I'm like yeah this is fun like it's fucking hard like to go through the the highs and the lows of life on your social media and I think that's hard especially when I share a lot of my lows and a lot of my struggles um really openly it's just everybody feeling like they deserve the rights to all of them you know um but I think within that there's also this really cool thing like because I have been on social media for so long and I have such a community of people who follow me and people who know my morals and know my boundaries so the moment I say like I don't want to talk about this I'm not speaking about this online so often after that if somebody asks about it one of my followers will be like she's already said that she's not speaking about this like and they will respect it and they'll kind of stick up for me and yeah and that's really cool to just like know that I have those kinds of people following me, like my community online have my back more than I, like I don't need to be worrying about it that much. And Nick always reminds me anytime I get a nasty comment and I get, start getting upset and I start like coming up with the reply, he's always like, leave it to your community. Like they always deal with it with such grace. And I love that they're never nasty. Like they're never really rude to people that are rude to me. They're always just like, oh yeah, I just don't think you understand Cass like we do. Like, you know, like they make it such a positive experience. So, makes me feel just real special it makes me feel like the community I built is like the community I want that's so beautiful and I think that um a great like example of this is with baby nugget and not being you know having his face on social media and I remember when you I think it was before he was born wasn't it that you you know said that you weren't going to put him online and people have you know well from what I've seen um people have really respected that and do they beg you nah nobody really begs me like I haven't even get I don't get any messages about it like everybody's just like I think also like it's just fun because like everybody understands it's like just a boundary and and Mm. it's a boundary for his safety and for our safety as a family but like they're always so funny like if his little hands in the video they're like oh my god the cutest hand and I'm like literally the sweetest hand like it's so funny so it's like kind of it's just cool and I think it's like that thing I was saying before, like the community that I built are the community that I want there. And they're the ones that really support that kind of decision um, that I've made. So yeah, it's, it's been a real easy boundary to put up. And I think because he's never been on social media, like his face has never been there. It's a lot easier. I know with some influences, it's a lot harder, like, because that people are always like, well, where are they? Why are they not there? What are they doing? Like, they feel like they have a right to it because they did at one point, but because it's been like a, a firm rule from the beginning. No, that's awesome. And I wanted to touch a bit on money and what your best tips are on money and what you've learned and used about money. Um, I think, yeah, like money's been like a bit of a tr- tricky one with me because I was definitely like 
raging ADHD and I'm a real like impulse spender like I if I'm sad I should be able to spend because I'm sad you know like I think it was like I had a real sad girl year um in 2022 Mm -hmm. um where I was just super upset I wasn't happy and I literally wasn't working that much so I didn't have extra money to be spending like I literally just had you know money for food money for rent maybe like one or two things extra like nothing massive And I think in that year, it kind of taught me to just like hold back and taught me that also like because I didn't have that extra money to spend on all those other things, I had to find other things to make me happy. So going for swims or going for a walk with my dog or journaling, yoga, like all those, you know, things that they tell you to do. Like, eh. but I started doing all of those. (laughs) And oh, this actually makes me feel way better. Like, (laughs) That's really cool. I've been on that same journey too and going, Actually, Tekahukuru, you don't have to spend money to have fun. Like, it is just as fun, if not more, to, like, go into the bush or, like, go for a swim or spend time with friends. Like, you don't have to spend money. And, like, creating those boundaries within relationships I have. Um, Like, one of my best friends from high school, she, like, almost every Sunday she calls me and she's like, Kahu, we should go out for breakfast. And I'm like, no, let's go do something free. Let's go for a swim or something. And she's like, oh, you always want to save money. I'm like, we can do, we can have the same amount of fun. Like, yes, we can go out for breakfast maybe like once a month, but not every weekend. Um, and she's always like, oh, Kahu. But we end up having the exact same amount of fun. So I'm like, mm, I think I'm right. <laughs> and it's also like, it's good to like have those, like know how to have fun without money. Cause like, yeah money will always be there do you know what I mean like if you can genuinely figure out how to enjoy like me and Nick have always been quite focused on our career and our future so like there's definitely been times in our relationships where we've opted for like more home dates and like more Mm -hmm. home weekends and all that kind of stuff and it's cool because like we never like obviously we're in Australia now so our financial situation is quite different um and we get to you know like have fancy dinners and 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 go shopping and it's so fun because I was like our relationship was so fun without any of this stuff and now we have all of this stuff how cool like it's like this whole new level of fun but also we can have like a whole weekend where we're like oh should we just stay home and eat food at home and we're also super content super happy which is such a special thing that's awesome. Is that because the cost of living, is it better, like a lot better there to have? So much. For, yeah. And is that for just like fun things as in like going out or is it for like everything? What's well, your The main thing we have noticed is food, like mm-hmm. takeaways and like just groceries. Like I went to the shops yesterday, spent like $88, got like two dinners, lunches for the whole week, like lunch snacks for the whole week. Like that's wild. And like you can just, and like fruit and vegetables, like me and Nick are big fruit eaters and big yeah. veggie eaters. And like we we go to the markets and you can you can just have enough fruits and veggies for the whole week for like fifty dollars, you know? Like and it's good like this like to enjoy eating and not feel guilty. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what I was really beginning to feel like in New Zealand because like yeah. I try for us to be eating lots of fruits and veggies and like a good amount of whole foods because we love snacks. Like mm-hmm. I'm not one, I don't limit any of the food that we have. Like if we want something, we have it, but I always want to be adding lots of nutrients into our diet. So there's always blueberries or, you know, like those kinds of things. Um, and I was beginning to feel really guilty with like the amount of fresh fruits and vegetables I was buying because it was, that was the thing that was like skyrocketing our grocery bill. And I was like, this should not be what I feel guilty about buying right now. <laughs> it's the same thing for me. Like whenever I pour a glass of milk, like this is so insane. And this is probably like poverty mindset to the max, but 
whenever I pour a glass of milk, I'm like, okay, that's a quarter of the bottle of milk and the bottle of milk was $5. That means <laughs> that means that it was like $1.75 and I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> I know. And like the price of eggs, like you can get like 12 eggs here for like $5.80 and those are like free range country, like you know how the free range, like the all the chickens are happy out in a field eggs, like not just the free range, like they say they're free range, but they're not like it's like and things like that like eggs you shouldn't feel guilty about buying eggs (laughs) that is insane yeah and I think that probably has a really big like relationship with our mental health and our physical health like if we can't afford to buy good food we can't feel good and then you know all of these different things and that's something I talk a lot about like if you're so busy with work because you're just like living paycheck to paycheck say you're working like 60 hours a week when are you supposed to like go for a walk or something or when are you supposed to like do some meal prepping so that you can eat better food and then feel better like it's all a big a big complex issue to being able to like better ourselves but yeah and that's like the biggest thing with mental health and I hate when poverty is not spoken about when you talk about the mental health crisis going on in this country because I was just like it is not as easy as going to therapy because some people can't afford groceries or rent or to feed their children. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I was like, you can go to all the therapy that you want or the free therapy sessions that, you know, we can get if you can get those. But at the end of the day, if you aren't making enough money to like know that you are giving your kids like the best possible Mm. chance, you are always going to carry around a huge amount of guilt, which is going to manifest in multiple different ways. Like, and that's what it needs to be at the forefront of the mental health conversation is poverty because like that is it like and yes like obviously we're seeing higher decile areas still struggling with mental health but that's even like that in itself is a completely different conversation because like there needs to be a bigger push for community and connection in those higher decile communities you know like that's something that we have that is so beautifully present in lower decile areas usually is a really big sense of community and connection and it's so funny because like what each what different parts of society is lacking the other one has and it's like we all need to be like the ecosystem needs to be going around we need to be teaching you guys to connect and have that sense of community of helping each other and then there also needs to be money and like financial literature like you know to understand how to be using your money and budgeting and actually going forth as a as a family which is the it's it's sad when you can really see it as a bigger picture I think. Mm, that's such an interesting way of of putting it and I've never really thought about it like that but really what you're saying is like if we all just really work together we can literally (laughs) all have good lives like it's pretty simple (laughs) I know it's like we honestly just should have listened to like Blue's Clues or whatever kids show it was that you're like we have to work together but that's like it (laughs) literally um that's so interesting being a new mom what role does money play in being able to provide and like how does that feel as a mom and and within your relationship and like what are those dynamics like I'm so interested yeah well this is a huge thing I actually talked to Nick about this this morning because I wanted to like make sure that he was comfortable with me speaking on our financial situation and everything on a podcast but um, finances were a huge thing for me and Nick um we joined finances before I got pregnant and that was a really important thing for him he said like he never wants to feel like he was like paying me to have a baby like he only wanted to feel financially not responsible but for me but like financially as a team once there was a baby involved he was like well, I want to be a team financially because you're my wife and you're the person I want to spend the rest of my life with not because you're carrying my child like that was a really big 
thing and that was really cool as well because like because we spent our my entire pregnancy figuring out what joint finances felt like what it looked like how we communicated about it by the time nugget got here was way easier we weren't like arguing about finances we knew where each other's strengths were and where each other's weaknesses were mm-hmm. um and that was a really big thing like cuz i mean i personally wouldn't never have wanted to start a family with somebody who had the expectation for me to go back to full time work i just yeah. like i like i i just think and i think that massively comes from me being a nanny in somebody else's home like i was paid mm-hmm. to be a stay at home mum pretty much essentially in another family dynamic to ensure the family unit functioned well you know like to ensure that the the parents had time to connect with the kids because the house stuff was sorted like and that's really important and being that in somebody else's home made me be like this is an essential role to a family being successful I think personally you know like having the house in order having the kids you know have somebody to connect with when they get home from school you know like if they've had a bad day they can you know really like diffuse and figure out ways to deal with that it's so important. So I would, I've always wanted that for my family and I've never wanted to like be in a family where both parents were working full time. Cause I just don't think it's smart. Like I think like I've always had the theory that Nick can be more successful if I had more capacity to like make him successful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and like also that's why I was just like, well, I don't want to work full time, but I definitely want to work. Like I still want to have a brand and I want to be working on social media, but I don't want any work to be really time consuming because I want my mm-hmm. time to be able to go to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like quite a big opinion and like view to have, especially like now it seems like the super controversial thing to say, but like I would, I wouldn't have had a family with somebody that didn't see the value in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really lucky that Nick 100% saw the value in that and was like, yes, I agree. I, I want that too. So we we're like, cool, we're on the same page about that. So it was always going to be, and that's why I worked part-time all of last year was to build my brand so that I could continue working after I have a baby because like I've invested. Last year, we say we have turns with whose like turn it is to be like in like, whose turn it is for both of us to focus on their career. So last year it was my turn for us to be focusing on my career and bettering me as much as we possibly could. And then this year it's Nick's turn. And that's why we moved to Australia for his job. And that's why, you know, everything is to better him and make sure that he's feeling supported to go to work and stuff. And and that's working really well for us. Cause like he already, he does, he contributes so much to our home and, and looking after Nugget already but it's just about supporting him so that he knows that he can do whatever he needs to do. And like him being able to make that decision, has, like, he's so happy. Like he comes home from work, just like beaming to talk about it. Like it makes him so happy. Um, So I think, yeah, like finances are a huge thing when it comes to a baby, but I think you just have to, you have to figure out how you guys are going to do that. If you guys are going to keep your finances separate, Mm -hmm. then there needs to be really clear communication about that and also like there needs to be that understanding that you can't go 50 50 on a pregnancy like there's no way of like swapping over halfway through and be like okay well you do you do the third trimester like you have to like that is just unfortunately like the woman's job like (laughs) we ain't gonna sub out of that one we can be subbing so yeah, so there has to be like a real give and take. And that was a huge thing when I was pregnant. Nick was doing like all of the housework, mm-hmm. every piece of cleaning. He was cooking dinner because I was just exhausted. Right? There was no other way of me contributing to our house, but I was still like working and doing content creation and all those kinds of things. Um, 
So I feel like I've like dabbled a little bit, but the core of it is that you need to figure out what your guys' expectations are going in Mm -hmm. um, and what kind of lifestyle you guys want. You know, like if you guys are both wanting to go back to work, totally fair enough. But how does that look like for childcare? Like Mm -hmm. at what age is is it going to be going back into childcare? Like how do you, and then also if they're going into childcare, who's in charge of the emotional labor of childcare, like of making sure that, you know, Bubs has got this or Bubs has got that and, the, you know, all those communication because that, that is a huge role as well, like managing that. Mm. So it's just like you need to overly communicate about it and also about who manages all the money. Like mm. this is a big thing that we realized through be- the being pregnant. Nick, not the best manager of money. He's not the best admin guy. He's great at making money. He can make heaps yeah. of money, but like when it comes to managing it and like, mapping out everything that's me that's just where my strengths are and that's a really good thing but that took ages for us to learn and like we fought so much like so much like we talked about how many times we fought over money during my pregnancy it was wild but it's good because like now that he's out we know we know our roles we know our strengths we know we're like if we start arguing we know exactly what the issue is like Nick Mm. wouldn't have communicated I would have snapped at him for not communicating he would have felt like upset that he didn't communicate and then it just like crumbles but we know that like it's so it never gets that big of a deal so I think that's my biggest thing is like you have to just be so clear and give each other jobs like there has to be really clear jobs when it comes to money Mm, I love that and from an outsider like view of of your brand I love how you guys have those specific roles and you guys are a team but you do have those like independent things that you guys do and I love I think you like posted once that you guys take turns like in the week so during the week you're looking after Nugget and then in the weekend that it's his his turn I think that's so cool so that you can like still have your time and um and he can also have his time being a dad and all of those things that's absolutely amazing I think it's so cool being able to see how such a, you know, even a young couple are able to be so wise about how you guys are planning things out and taking it seriously. Cause I think some people will, they'll find themselves in situations and they're like, wow, how did we get here? And it's like, actually a lot of the time, if we talk about it before, then we realize like what we're actually doing is creating um, the habits and the lifestyle that we have. And the more we can talk about it, the more we can work out a better plan forward. So I love exactly. that. Exactly. And it feels like nothing takes us by surprise. Like even mm-hmm. when we had Nugget and like I think it was like maybe week two, I was getting real sleep deprived and I get real crazy when I'm sleep deprived. Like it's re- it's part of my ADHD. Like I manage my ADHD holistically, whereas like I really focus on my sleep and my eating and moving my body. And those things aren't just accessible when you've just had a baby and you can't be running around, you know, like you're pretty like couch ridden for those first couple of weeks post giving birth. Um, and, you know, second week in, I was super sleep deprived. I was act- I was starting to be- get a bit hectic. And me and Nick, Nick was like, honey, you're really tired. We've talked, we talked about this. Like, I think you need to sleep by yourself and I'll sleep with Nugget in a different room. I'll do one whole night. You just get one whole night of sleep. And then tomorrow we can assess a different something else, you know, but he was like, but I think you need the sleep or else these next couple of weeks, like it's just going to get worse and worse and you're going to struggle. And we'd already talked about it. We'd already had a really clear conversation that I don't cope well with sleep deprivation. It's why we opted to not exclusively breastfeed. Like we knew that that wouldn't work for our family. He needed to be like on the boob and the bottle so that Nick could sub in. Mm -hmm. 
And he was like, yep, cool. And we executed that. And the next day I woke up feeling a million dollars, so excited to be a mom, so excited to be like a part of it again. And and it was so much easier. And like having that clear, we knew it was going to happen at one point, my sleep deprivation was going to be too much. We knew what the game plan was going to be for when that happened. There was no arguing and like, good, because I was not like sane, like I was not well. (laughs) An argument wouldn't have ended well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would have been crazy. I would have cried. That's <laughs> so funny. Um, I know we touched on this before about the connection between mental health and money, but I, I want to delve a little bit deeper into how you think we might be able to, I guess, would you say focusing on your mental health um, in the first instance would help you to be better with your money? Or would you say like the other way around? Like what what's your view on that? Um, I think it's all intertwined. So like I like to think of like obviously mental health, a big part of mental health is self-care. Yeah. And when I say self-care, like I feel like self-care is in multiple different sections. So there's self-care for your body, like so that's yep. eating well, you know, moving your body, those are the, those things. And then there's self-care for your mind. And that comes from like obviously going to therapy and talking about your big feelings and all that, but it also comes from like organizing and knowing what's mm. happening. So knowing what your schedule is and then knowing what your numbers are for that week, like knowing how much money you can be spending to be sitting comfortably and how much money would be too much. Mm. So like it needs to be intertwined, but you just have to be really kind to yourself. Like I always say, like whenever you're starting a wellness journey or like a mental health journey, whatever you want to call it, like set achievable goals because that nobody else is checking. Like if you are pulling your alarm clock back by 10 minutes every month, that is an achievement. Like that is doing well. Eventually you will be at an hour and you'll have an hour more in the morning. And that's more than anything else. And like even, so like that's what it needs to be when it comes to money as well. Like if you, if talking about money freaks you out with your partner, just do it a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. like, that was a big thing with me and Nick. Like anytime we'd have like a little squabble over money, we sat down after and we would be like, we need to talk about this. I know. And he was like, I don't want to talk about this. And I was like, yeah, neither. Like, this is so awkward. And we like, we named the elephant in the room that neither of us had ever joined finances with a partner before. This was brand new to both of us. Mm. Neither of us are really like super great. We would never be like, yeah, we're not like, super onto it budget people we're quite like me and Nick are both very go, go with the flow hence the reason we like moved to Melbourne we had a three-week-old baby like we are just like like that yeah money isn't really go with the flow like you need to like know your numbers you need to be clear with it so it was like new territory for both of us but it was like cool for us to just manage and figure out mm. so I think you just have to realize that like with your mental health when you're looking after your mental health like looking after your money is awkward at the beginning and it feels uncomfortable but just do it like eat it like an elephant one little bite at a time I love that and that's um something that I picked up from Atomic Habits like one percent better every day is 37 times better by the end of the year and it's actually what I used in my health journey because I think it was like a bit over a year ago like I would go for a walk I would be like so puffed out like I remember the first times I would walk I would like come home and I would like fall asleep because I was so tired like that's how bad it was and so I was like okay I'm just gonna do 10 minutes I'm just gonna go for a 10 minute walk and then I'd go home and then I started going like okay I can do 15 minutes and then now I go for hour walks and I'm like this is so cool like just um imagine like if I keep this up in a year I'll be able to like go on a big hike like that's so cool 
And you always like, you don't even need to think about the bigger picture. Like I always say to people, just start. Like when yeah. I'm like, when, how do I do, how do I build a morning routine? I was like, just start. I was like, literally get up 10 minutes earlier. And with that extra 10 minutes, sit down and have a cup of coffee by yourself with nobody else around. Like it doesn't matter. And then I was like, when you do that consistently enough, you'll want a little bit more time. You'll be like, oh, well, I probably could have gone for like a little walk. I might get up another 10 minutes earlier and I might take my coffee with me around the block that's 20 minutes and you get to enjoy your coffee and you go for a tiny little walk and it just slowly grows more and more and more and you have to like people get so caught up in the bigger picture and wanting everything to be like the final product and I'm like that's no fun like do you know how like stressful it is to like force yourself to the final product force yourself onto the journey and make the journey as fun as possible and then everything just falls into place Mm, that's so awesome what would you say for taking that first step if you're having barriers towards doing that like oh it's so hard to take you know go for that first that first step waking up 10 minutes earlier um how would you get started like what's your key line people like I think like you have to re- I think reward stack like mm-hmm. you give yourself something that you really want mm-hmm. at the other end like mm-hmm. um I obviously, I used to fucking love a little bit of the devil's lettuce, like loved it. Like my big wellness skill year was like a lot of devil's lettuce. Um, and like, I just always told myself, like, I was like, this is just a season that I love it for. And I'm probably going to not love it forever. Like I'll probably get bored of it. Like, like I do everything, but that was like my thing. So like, I would only smoke at the end of the day that I would like set up all of my things that I would do so that, that at the end of the day, when I smoked, I would really enjoy it. I'd be like, oh my God, this is so nice. Like I've done all of my things. The house is clean. Like my bed is beautiful. Like, you know, and I get to like smoke, chill out for a little bit, jump into bed and I'll be like, mm, stunning. And I like, I would have a, my Fridays, I had Fridays off and I would go to the grocery and that would be when I'd like go to the grocery store and do like my little bits and bods, ad, really admin heavy morning. And then I'd get that home middle of the day and that would be like my reward. And it's like, whatever it is, like just give yourself a little reward. And like, you don't have, there doesn't have to be a huge amount of things that you do before the reward, but the end, like the good feeling that you get when you give yourself your reward after you've done what you said you were going to do mm-hmm. is that that is the feeling that you're wanting because then you can just stack more and more things that you have to do before the reward because at the end of the day you're doing it for the feeling you're not even doing it for the reward you could give yourself the reward regardless um you know like I'm a grown adult I can do whatever I want Mm. but the feeling that I got when I got my reward and I'd done the things that's what you want Mm. do the mahi get the treats I love the mahi get the treats exactly (laughs) and I feel like some people might come at um this and go oh you guys are encouraging like bad things and I think the key here to kind of clarify for anyone listening is and this is what I think if someone is doing something regardless of if they're doing positive things then what impact does it have to actually go okay I'm going to do something good and then I'm going to do what I was already doing anyways and I'm going to do that anyway so I don't really see the issue and I think a lot of people go why would you encourage this and I think I'm not necessarily encouraging it I think that if we can we're already doing it we may as well just add something positive at the start and then do that that's cool 100% and that's the thing like yes so many people have such an issue with it and like I get it like it's not for everybody and doesn't have to be for everybody but I was like 
making it this giant thing, like this really bad thing that everybody shouldn't do as a site, that gives it so much power. Like it's just a thing. And it's like a thing that like whenever somebody's like talks to me about like wanting to quit or something, I'm like, yeah, you will. You'll probably just get bored of it. Like it's like, but you have to like, you have to create a life where you will get bored of it. But if it's all you're doing and there's nothing else happening, you're never going to get bored of it because there's nothing else to focus your attention on. What mm. I was doing, like having all those other things that I really enjoyed, I was having more activities to do so that I did eventually get bored of it. And I did. Like I remember when I like quit, I, it wasn't even a big deal. Like I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm quitting. Like this is my last one. I was like, I'm kind of off it. I kind of can't be bothered. Yeah. And then I just stopped. And then it was like, it was no big deal, nonchalant. And everybody's like, how did you quit? And I was like, I don't know, it just wasn't a big deal. And that's like, yeah, exactly. Like, and I was just like, when people get so stressed out about it, and this is about anything, like if you have any anything in your life that you feel like is an addiction or you feel like you do too much, add other things in your life. And eventually that's not going to be that big of a deal, you know? Mm. I love that. It's like, you're so inspiring. I knew I needed you on my podcast. <laughs> I love being here. It's so fun. I'm so glad my baby fell asleep because I was like, this has been so much easier since he's asleep. <laughs> yeah, you're so much, you're so calm. Like, you before you were like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> you're like, how do I get you to sleep? He's so like, and I feel like he always gets like that. They get real grisly right when they're about to fall asleep. And you just know, you're like, if I'm just, I'm about to hit this winning combo and this baby is going to be out. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, I guess money is like a tough thing to talk about for a lot of people. And I know um, before you were saying you talked to um, Nick, is it all right to talk about these things on the podcast? What is it about talking about money that you think is helpful for people? How does this help when breaking the stigma and, and why is that important? I think because it's like important to make it like it's not a big, like obviously money is a big deal, but also if you have food on the table and you're paying your rent, you know, like it's not a big deal, you know? So you need to stop making it this scary thing. Like it's like, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you know, those that that like family member that's like rude and outspoken at Christmas and stuff. And everybody would just be like, Oh, just like, just ignore them. Like, just, you know, that's just what they're like. Like just, you know, and nobody wants to deal with it because they're so, like everybody thinks they're so hard to deal with but then all it takes is one person to stand up to them and be like shut up like that's so rude don't say that and usually that person's like oh okay like usually it's not actually as big of a deal but we've gotten so accustomed to letting the thing letting money rule and dictate so many things and then usually that means that we end up spending more money because we don't actually want to do it and like a big thing that I talked to Nick about when we were talking about money and everything and I he was like it's fine like there's money we've always got money and I was like I know there's always money like I get that we're not in this like really big problem where we're like trying to pay for food and stuff which is such a blessing but I was like our money needs to be respected more like it can be doing more for us and that's the thing like our money could be going further our money could be like putting like we could be doing more things on the weekends we could be you know like getting more expensive like more better better quality food we could be living in a better place like our money could just be doing more for us if we respected it more and we had like we actually were clear on our figures and we did have a budget and we did have the saving plans and we did have everything paid on time like how good does this feel and I think that was like a big thing that we did when we first started talking about money and having all these uncomfortable conversations when we'd get to the end of it and you know we would get the bill sorted or whatever it was that we were discussing 
I would be like to Nick, how good does it feel that we have nothing to stress out about right now? Like there's literally nothing hanging over us and we get to like completely connect right now and like be a part of whatever it is we're doing because there's no other issues or like when we would be going out for dinner or going and I was like, how good is it that we know exactly how much we can like not blow, but we can smash this much money at dinner because we know our figures, we know our numbers, like it feels better, right? And he was like, yeah, it does. So it's like, you have to go through that uncomfortable feeling to get to the good feeling. And that's like anything like going to the gym or like working on a relationship or parenting, like you have to go through the hard part to get to the good feeling, like just before with Nugget trying to get him to sleep, I had to go through that like uncomfortable, awkward, overstimulating time where he was like getting real grizzly at me so that I could get my calm sleeping baby for the rest of the podcast. Like it's it's just life. <laughs> like I love that. And I think it's like not being scared of the bad things. Like I I think it was like last week, like I had a bit of a mental breakdown or something. And I was like, I was hating it. And I was like, why am I like like this it used to be my normal, like this was a very consistent thing. And I've had so much progress and stuff. And I was like, why Why is this happening again? And then I started thinking, actually, like, just because I used to, like, live like this every day and have mental breakdowns, like, all the time, it doesn't mean that, like, once you start working on, like, a better lifestyle and you start integrating, like, better habits, that it's just never going to happen again. Like, bad stuff happens, tough things happen. But, like, now I can actually bounce back way better than before, like, the last like back when I used to have them all the time I'd have a mental breakdown like in the morning I'd be like okay day is totally written off this is just the yeah. worst day ever and I used to literally call them a write-off like I used to literally call my days write-offs and then I started going actually like you can have a mental breakdown in the morning but I can still make a good day out of this like I can still go for a walk do things that make me feel better I can go and have like a healthy lunch or whatever it doesn't have to be a terrible day just because I had a bad like one hour morning like that's not the whole day um kind of 100 percent. and I love that and I think that that's like so we all we are so guilty of being like oh it's a write-off like oh it's too it's too hard to get back on the horse today like I'm staying off but like I honestly, ever since you realized that like your bounce back, like how quickly you can just get the fuck back on that horse is your whole quality of life. Like that is everything. Like I think that's been a big thing of me and Nick. We like really love this new, well, I've loved the newborn phase more than Nick has. Nick's had to go to work during it. So it's been a little bit harder for him, but like we've done really well. Like we haven't, we, our relationship's gotten stronger. I reckon like we've definitely gone through some fucking testing times as you do when you have a screaming baby, but like we bounce back every single morning. Like it doesn't matter how bad it it gets, we bounce back. And like quite often, like when we go through, you know, like he was going through like a real period where he like wouldn't sleep from like the moment Nick got home till about 11 PM, he would just like cry. And that was so testing because me and Nick are desperate to just talk to each other. And this baby is like, ah, there's no way. (laughs) But even We got to a point where we were like, during that time, we'd be like, okay, like reset. Like, are you okay? Like, do you want a hug? Like we'll put, and we would put him down and he'd grizzle for a bit and we'd just give each other a hug and be like, okay, like this is, I'm struggling. And he'd be like, yeah, so am I. Should I take him for a walk? And if he doesn't go to sleep, you can take him for a walk and it can give each other like a bit of space. And we're like, yep, let's do that. And I think that's what we struggle with. We forget that we can actually, just because we're told something is hard, doesn't mean we can't try to make it easier. We think that because that somebody says, oh, the newborn phase is hard. 
you'll never have like you'll never have intimacy again with your partner you're never going to sleep again and you guys are going to bicker all the time because we're told that when Mm. it starts happening as it naturally does when you've got a newborn baby we think oh well this is it like this is what happens like there's nothing you can do about it but realistically there's so much you can do about it like even with like we would get takeout often because it was like the newborn phase and it's hard to cook but instead of it just being like, oh, we just need to eat, we'd still get like, we'd still make an effort to buy takeout that we hadn't tried before and, you know, make it exciting. And when it got there, we'd have turns like trying everything and be like, oh my God, this is yum. Like, you know, and like, this is why like we're like, got one of us has the baby on us because he doesn't want to sleep by himself. Like, yeah. And most people would just be like, fuck, let's just get the easiest thing and let's just shove it in our mouth. But it's like, food can still be this connection. And that's what you have to do. You have to be trying and find those ways to bounce back. I love that and I think that you've had such a big influence on so many people's lives um whether you I reckon like seriously it's been life-changing um for so many people being able to see how open you are with um mental health I really love it when people are able to create businesses that create real change in people's lives like I see a business like the only purpose of a business is to solve problems but I love it when those problems are like so big in so many people's lives if someone was wanting to get started in a career like yours what would you recommend they do to get started I think like you just have to do it from like a real genuine place like that's the thing and like like educate yourself as much as you possibly can so read books on psychology actually because like when you really understand it it's like we copy what we see and Mm -hmm. unless we like actively make a choice to start breaking those habits you can't but then you also need to understand the severity of trauma like different trauma is going like it's you know the bigger the mess the harder it is going to be to clean up so like giving compassion and empathy to people that actually have a bigger mess than you so it is it's not as easy as being like be positive or like change your minds like you like you have to understand that 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 looks different for everybody mm-hmm. so like if you are wanting a career in mental health like lead with so much empathy lead with the fact that you don't understand how somebody else's brain is working and that's actually your superpower is to just understand that you don't understand understand that you only understand your brain and you can only really talk about you and your experiences. And that's why I think the power in mental health is to just talk about you. Because even if you even if you only help the people that can relate to you, then those people might actively start talking about their experiences, which will then relate to another whole group of people. Do you know what I mean? Like it needs to spread like that. Like don't try to fix everybody and help everybody fix and genuinely help or well, no fix there's no fixing people we're not broken but like <laughs> genuinely just show up for yourself and show up for your own mental health and go on your own mental health journey and share that as much as you feel comfortable with and that will just move mountains it will do so much for so many people oh absolutely amazing I have loved this chat so much and I'm so grateful for your time and I'm so grateful for for Nugget um sharing his mama with us today <laughs> if anyone wants to follow you online or they want to connect with you how can they find you I am Cassidy Scouten on literally every platform possible like Cassidy Scouten one word TikTok Instagram everything I have a website CassidyScouten.co.nz I'm pretty sure you can google me it's right there um and yeah you can just like reach out I, I love getting DMs from people that are on their mental health journey or just like enjoy the content or anything like that um super open to connect but yeah like I I hope this helped and it was so much fun and thank you so much for having me
Oh, thank you. And I'm going to put all of the um, details to find Cass in the show notes below if anyone wants to get in touch. But thank you so much for your time today. I'm so grateful. And this podcast has been absolutely amazing. And I know so many people are going to find so much value in it. So thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, we are here again after another podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening to a new podcast episode. Today I have a very special announcement also that I wanted to share with you guys and that is that I am an educator for Goldie. Goldie is a new investment platform that's just hit the markets in Aotearoa, New Zealand and I'm so excited to be an educator slash consultant for them because I truly believe that this is an exciting new method or way that they're kind of approaching this. Um, and one of those things is that they are so here to Kotoko Māori Millionaire. And I've met with the founders and I've spoken to them and I feel, I feel it. I feel that they want Māori Millionaire to succeed and they want Fano Māori to learn more about um, investing, entrepreneurship and personal finances, which is why they got in touch with me. So I wanted to share our code that we have, which is MMX Goldie, and the link to sign up to Goldie is in the description below. But if you use this code, you can get $20 in your investing account, which allows you to buy approximately two shares of gold. So each share is approximately $10, but it goes up and down depending on the market. Um, but I have a lot more information coming out about investing in gold specifically which I want you to keep your eyes peeled for but for now just sign up make your account and stay tuned for that information um, for now that's us today I hope you all have a fantastic day if you have any questions any part any comments feedback on the podcast then please just send me an email or send me a dm tekahukura at maldimalini.com is my email or just send me a message on um, instagram ngā mihi noe te whānau kā kite.